Welcome back to Ether Hour, everybody. I am your host, Conrad Franz, joined as always by Dimitri Kalyan, and we have a great, cozy episode for you today. We're going to be discussing bishops, but in a good, positive attitude. You know, of course, there's always bad news about bishops, people talking about how, oh, this bishop did this, or this bishop spoke at this temple, or this bishop made this pseudo-heretical statement. But there's also a lot of great things that bishops, even today, you know, have done in the church and have have said and have, have done for the body of Christ. So we're going to be telling some of our favorite bishop stories, you know, exploring the episcopacy around the world and world orthodoxy and telling some of the best stories, highlighting some of the most saintly figures and whatnot. So, Dimitri, how are you doing? You know, we love our bishops, don't we? Absolutely, Conrad. And I mean, our bishops are our modern apostles, our spiritual leaders, our our shepherds who guide not just us, the laity, but also uh, the multitude of tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of clergy around the world. And they actually hear the confessions of deacons, priests, uh, psalm readers, people like that, and minor clergy who actually assist us everyday people with confessions, communions, baptisms, funerals, things like that. Things that we actually cannot live without. And naturally, bishops travel around the world very often. There's There should be at least one in every city. Some cities have multiple, as we'll find out. But definitely, there are certain bishops who... Um, I want to say appear more in the news and who are really known for some of their courageous statements, especially given over the last five to 10 years, especially I would say since the COVID period in the last four years, some, you know, it, it's really shown which shepherds have stood up for the people, especially in such trying times, I think. And today we'll mention a few of those notable names. You know, keep in, keep in mind, there are over 900 bishops in the Orthodox Church. We are quickly approaching the round number of 1,000. Returning back to those days of old, you know, the times of the ecumenical councils when there were 2,000, 3,000 bishops before the horrendous uh, heresy of Rome and the schism, which occurred in 1054. You know, back in those days, there were a lot more bishops in the Orthodox world. But today, we're sitting at around 900, and we'll mention some of the most notable names, which you've probably heard of before. We've mentioned them on the show. And um, I guess, Conrad, you can hit it off with a uh, notable mention. Yeah, yeah, of course. You'll know some of these people we've talked about, especially ones from the Ukrainian persecution situation, you know, a few from Greece and definitely some from Russia talking about all of this. And at the very beginning of the show, it was a little bit more relevant still talking about the vaccine situation, which is what really, I think, in this modern era was the first kind of wheat from the chaff moment for our bishops that we really experienced. But before we get into some of, well, I guess this is a good, this is a bishop, positive bishop story, is what prompted me to do this episode was the recent kind of scandal with Bishop Athenagoras of Natsianzas, who's a go-archbishop under El Pitophoros here in America, and he scandalized the Greek and broader Orthodox American community by appearing at a Hindu temple opening in New Jersey in a tent outside the temple, as it were, where he delivered a very unfortunate ecumenist speech written by El Pitophoros, and this caused a bit of a scandal, a bit of some, some outrage. But in spite of all of that, Bishop Athenagoras, he ended up apologizing. And he ended up giving a public apology for, I guess, scandalizing people. And it was it was kind of surprising, frankly. I, no one really expected this to happen because Goarch has done these things a lot. But he literally said, I am sure that many of you here present have heard of my visit in October to a new Hindu temple that was recently built in New Jersey. I would like to take this opportunity to apologize to all of you and to all who may have been scandalized by my visit there. And he says, and rather he clarifies that he made sure that there was no joint prayer session, that he did all these things to make sure, and that ultimately he wouldn't have ever gone himself. He really only went because El Pitofotos sent him there. And that was, of course, who wrote the speech that he wrote. So I doubt we'll be getting an apology from the real culprits here, which is, you know, El Pitofotos. But 
Bishop Athenagoras, you know, I've honestly really heard good positive things about him, I believe, and I may be mistaken, but because it was a little bit dark, but he was actually at Holy Archangel's Monastery at the all-night vigil where I was recently at the monastery near my house. So he was there, and he does. For, this apology was made at St. Anthony's Monastery, so he went down to St. Anthony's, you know, a, a pillar, a bastion of Orthodox tradition, and made this apology for this sort of gross ecumenism. So I think the... Part of this was this episode is just to be sort of a white pill, and to be sort of a a positive note in the in regards to the future of orthodoxy, to our current episcopacy and everything. Because a lot of people, you know, they complain and there are bad things going on, but it's important to recognize the good. I wanted to just read. I said this on Twitter, and then uh, we'll move on with some other interesting and notable bishops. Is uh, I said. This is very encouraging to see. Although the initial appearance at the temple was unfortunate, it says a lot that Bishop Athenagoras both felt the pressure from the lady and was humble enough to apologize in a timely manner. Of course, Elpidophoros, and by extension the EP himself, should be apologizing for sending his eminence there to begin with, but that is unlikely to happen. What this shows is that despite regrettable 20th century holdovers in the Fenar, younger bishops are not all pillars of natodoxy. Bishop Athenagoras frequents the monasteries of Elder Ephraim, so has undoubtedly read St. Paisios, Bishop Augustinus of Florina, and other modern saints who have spoken against ecumenism and pagan religions. Young seminarians, priests, and bishops may have superiors who hold on to modernistic thinking, but the Holy Spirit is moving the body of the church elsewhere. Just remember, the new Metropolitan of Paphos, Tichikos, despite being the spiritual son of the new Archbishop of Cyprus, Georgios, he has refused to even concelebrate with his own confessor due to the schism in Ukraine and the side Cyprus has taken. So don't lose hope. God is preserving the Ark of Salvation and preparing it for the days ahead. So. I thought that was a good take by yours truly, of course, so follow me on X at GnomeRad. But yeah, I mean, I think that story at the end, we talked about it because we like to focus on the situation in Cyprus with the election there. That was one of our first, that was the first World War Now black pill, you know, the first thing we got, Not I wouldn't say we got wrong, but just the thing that we were hoping would happen that did not happen was, of course, the unfortunate election that happened for Archbishop of Cyprus. But we said that story there is another example of a courageous bishop, uh, Metropolitan Chichikos of Paphos. He once immediately, you know, moving from Archimandrite to uh, Metropolitan, he took a bold stance and stopped concelebrating with his own spiritual father over the schism in Ukraine, which, you know, that's a very bold thing to do. And so like others on Cyprus, who we'll talk about later, he took a bold stance there. But yeah, I think it's, uh, you know, what do you think, Dimitri? I think there it is good to highlight this, you know, when the bishops do the right thing. No, absolutely. I think, and this is what the majority of the episode will be about, these bishops who actually take the right stance in these small windows of time, as we know from church history, there were moments in time when, uh, you know, the Lord would send down, you know, permit tribulations to take place. And actually, not just us lady, but also our shepherds are challenged in these ways. They have to make decisions. It's not just you can remain neutral. You actually have to come out and be either in support of something taking place or to be directly against it. And I mean, two notable examples, of course, would be uh, two Greek metropolitans. So very, very powerful Greek figures um, of the Archbishopric of Athens at the moment. So these are not under the ecumenical patriarchate. Metropolitan Seraphim of Kaifira. He's very well known for making the news naturally, just regardless of his conservatism and his administrative skill. He's a very strong monastic. You can see it in his just the way he carries himself. He's not he's very, very humble. But when the COVID pandemic struck, Metropolitan Seraphim refused to submit to the directions of the Archbishop of Athens and as well as the Greek government primarily. The Greek government pressured the Greek Orthodox Church to essentially close down services. Metropolitan Seraphim refused and he was in prison for a few days. 
So there's a lot of articles came out about this particular bishop actually getting detained by police, which was, of course, a big scandal in Greece. But generally, even a lot of the, you know, as I would say, agnostic and even lukewarm Greeks were actually in support. They were saying, yeah, he's a radical. He's a whatever, this and that. But Seraphim of Kaifira remains one of those strong conservative and I would say correct right-believing leaders of the church in Greece, which I think, you know, people talk about Greece, Greece being as this progressive branch of orthodoxy, but that's just not the case with figures like that in control. And naturally, another great Greek metropolitan, and his name is also Seraphim, but this is Metropolitan Seraphim of Piraeus. And this one is a little bit more controversial because, again, he would appear on television in Greece very often. He would speak, I'm not sure if he can speak English, but most of his videos and interviews are all, you know, uh, they all transcribed and there's captions available translating exactly what he's saying. But he's called out Zionism, jury, all these very peculiar subjects which have come into relevance again today. And naturally, he was surprisingly against the Ukrainian Orthodox schism, unlike his entire archbishopric. He even you know published the statement that he does not support the schismatic church of Ukraine, which Zelensky and Poroshenko created and which the ecumenical patriarchate supported. He's saying this was complete heresy and it's scandalous. He's written... You can find this online. He's written letters to Queen Elizabeth II asking for Elton John to, for, for the Queen to remove Elton John's knighthood because Elton John said something uh, homosexual. For example, in the news, he's written letters to the Pope, you know, explaining what the Pope's heresies were. He's like making all these big public gestures. And it's not just, you know, that he's a strong figure. It's just that he's stayed consistent throughout his entire life, completely fearlessly representing the Orthodox faith, I would say, in the political realm. And, you know, naturally, unfortunately, uh, for Metropolitan Seraphim of Piraeus, unlike his colleague Metropolitan Seraphim of Kaifira, Metropolitan Seraphim of Piraeus was in support of the vaccine, just seeing it as just another like medical obstacle that people needed to take. But that was his stance on that particular one issue. Besides that, he remains one of the more conservative Greek bishops in, in the world today and definitely very much attacked by the mainstream media over there in Greece and all of the Europe. You know, they see him as this a bit of a boogeyman figure who's a little bit scary. Um, so there are really, really epic and I would say um, outstanding Greek bishops who have stood up for the Orthodox faith. And, you know, they, they receive a lot of ridicule. But for us, myself, Conrad, and probably a lot of you guys, listeners, these figures are the people we look up to in terms of their strong positions in times of, you know, in trying times, I would say. Well, staying in the Greek sphere, I mean, everybody on the show knows, and we could have a whole show about him every week, it feels like. But Metropolitan Theophytos of Morphou on Cyprus, you know, we just talked about uh, Metropolitan Tichikos, but Metropolitan Neophytos is kind of the biggest example, I would say, around the world of boldness and orthodoxy. He's called out, you know, world Jewry and Zionism. He called out the COVID vaccine. And not only that, he has strongly called out in the wake of it for repentance on behalf of bishops that closed churches and denied people the Eucharist and denied people their last rites and these other horrible things that ended up happening around the world during the lockdowns. And I agree with him. Again, I'm not walking around demanding repentance for me because I had Literally, I had been in the church for one, two months by the time the lockdowns really started. But the fact is that there was some really unfortunate spiritual harm done at that time. And I think he is correct to discuss that issue. And he also, of course, has foretold and, you know, spread the word of the prophecies of St. Paisios, St. Yakovo, St. Porfirios, these others about the situation in Ukraine, the situation in the Middle East, the situation with Russia in general, and the situation with Greece and Turkey, of course. And these are things that we talk about on the show very much. I mean, it's safe to say that we wouldn't have started the show at all without Metropolitan Neopithos if you read the original World War Now article and in an even deeper cut, the original World War Now Twitter thread. So, you know, check back to see the influence that Metropolitan Neopithos had there. But 
importantly, during the COVID era, he refused to lock down, he refused to make people mask, he refused to limit capacity at his services, and he was conducting, I mean, it's very coincidental we're recording this when we are, but he was blessing the waters of Theophany, like we're literally recording this on Old Calendar Theophany, but he was blessing the waters, you know, on Theophany, had a huge crowd, and the Cypriot authorities came, and they fought, they arrested him, and they fined him, and they, they did let him go on site, but they issued a court date and everything, and he challenged it, and there was all these pictures of him sitting outside of his courthouse because he refused to wear a mask, and the court had mask mandates, so they would conduct the proceedings while he sat outside and couldn't hear because he refused to wear a mask. So this is, you know, this is what true bravery and true rejection of kind of the satanic beast system really looks like. And of course, since then, he has strongly supported the Ukrainian Orthodox Church in the midst of the schism. He advised everybody not to get the vaccine, obviously, and he... Thank you for listening to the free preview of Ether Hour, everybody. It's been a great episode about bishops, about some of our favorites around the world and how they stand up for orthodoxy. So get behind the paywall, support us, get that $7 a month or that free trial if you want to just try it out to hear the rest of what we have to say about Metropolitan Neophytos, as well as some other incredible bishops that we get to behind the scenes, like some of the Ukrainian bishops, as well as some other bishops from deeper in Russia that you may not have heard of before. So be sure to check it out and support the show, and you get access to all of the backlog of Ether Hour episodes when you subscribe and get behind the paywall. So that's 24-plus hours of content, so not like you could listen to that super fast. So big backlog, so support the show, get behind the paywall. Thanks so much for listening, and God bless. <laughs>